0: Welcome to Call Me When You Get There, a podcast where I'll talk about true crime, life stories such as awkward first dates, dates gone wrong, and more along the way. Whether it's leaving a friend's or getting back from a date, someone might say, call me when you get there. Another way of saying I love you. I'm here to tell you the stories with happy, awkward, unfortunate, and tragic endings. Funny, unfortunate, or tragic, all stories deserve to be heard. If you have any requests for episodes or want to send in any of your own stories, send them to callmewhenyougettherepodcast at gmail.com. Hey there, I'm Sarah, the host of Call Me When You Get There. For this first episode, I thought I'd start out with some true crime. Something that's always fascinated me is amusement parks. And yeah, they're always super fun and exciting, but they're really old, which means there's which means there's so much history to them. And I'm gonna get into that a little bit today. Now I'm gonna be talking about an amusement park for my home state, Utah. This specific amusement park I'm going to be talking about today is called Lagoon Amusement Park. Now, Lagoon Amusement Park, located in Farmington, Utah, opened in July of 1896. Lagoon originally began as a lake park bathing resort in July of 1886 on the Great Salt Lake, and then it relocated to where it is now in Farmington in 1896. Lagoon is the 25th oldest amusement park in the world, still operating at the same location, and it's the 15th oldest in the USA that is still operating. It's the oldest amusement park in Utah. Lagoon's entire property covers about 160 acres, while the park itself covers about 60, which is double its original size. Now, when I was trying to come up for ideas for episodes for this podcast... Um, And you know, when I was trying to think of what I should do for this first episode, I knew I wanted to do something with true crime for the first episode because that's really what inspired this entire podcast. And I was reminded of a story that I was told growing up by my mom. Now, my mom's a Utah native. She's from northern Utah. And growing up, she would tell me the story of something that happened to her friend's sister growing up. I'm going to be getting into that story a little bit later, but that's kind of what really That's really kind of what gave me the idea into doing this episode. Now, amusement parks are fun and they're super exciting, but some scary things have happened at them. And if you really do your research on some of them, you can find out that a lot of people have died at them. And at Lagoon specifically, I was shocked when I found out how many people had died at them. And um, I'm going to get into a few of the unfortunate accidents that have happened at Lagoon here and get into some detail. I'm from Utah, so I grew up going to this amusement park. So, I would go on all the rides when I was younger, things like that. So, I'm very familiar with this amusement park. I So, when I did do research on this episode and I found out these things, I made me want to never, ever go back there again. <laughs> now, this first ride I'm going to be talking about is technically called Roller Coaster, literally. But growing up, everyone called it the white roller coaster, the wooden roller coaster, the white wooden roller coaster, any of those things. Because in the earlier days, it was literally white and wooden, so it made sense. It's not so white and wooden now, but when I was a little girl in 2005 or whenever it was, it was white and wooden. Roller coaster opened in 1912 with a speed of 45 miles per hour. And now the first noted death from roller coaster was on August 20th of 1934. Ernest Henry Howe from Ogden, Utah fell attempting to stand up on the car on top of the coaster's tallest hill. He struck several members of the coaster's trestle as he fell. He was only 20 years old. James Young Hess from Farmington, Utah died when he was struck by a car while working on the scaffolding on the coaster in 1946. Hess then died at Salt Lake City Hospital September first, nineteen forty-six, after suffering skull, leg, arm fractures, and internal injuries. Something interesting I saw was a quote from the marketing manager team at Lagoon about the Howe incident. And it stated Ugh and it stated, This was news to us. We had no knowledge of it before now. So this is something that is just How does someone die in your amusement park and you have no knowledge of it. Someone, I mean, someone literally falls off of a roller coaster. It's going to cause a scene. People are going to have questions. People are going to be screaming. An ambulance is going to have to come through. Paramedics are going to have to come through. And like, obviously, yes, this is in like what their early 1940s and things like that. But still, people are still going to be coming through to take care of, of a body, and someone that is injured. How are you not going to notice that? I just, I genuinely don't understand how you're not going to have knowledge of that. It does not make sense to me at all. So, those were both on Roller Coaster. This next death is also on, is also from Roller Coaster, and it's the most recent from Roller Coaster being June 13th 1989, and this is the one that I was talking about that my mom told me growing up. I went on this roller coaster when I was a little girl before knowing the story. If I knew that story, then, there is no way in heck I would have gone on it then. And now that I know the story, I've been to Lagoon since. And let me tell you, I walked straight past that roller coaster. mm Mm-mm. You could not pay me to go on that thing. No way. 13-year-old Kylie King from Farmington, Utah was killed on a Friday afternoon. There are a few different things that I've been told about her death, One thing is that witnesses reported that as the car descended from the second hill of the ride, the girl stood up from beneath the locked restraint device, lost her balance, and fell. The girl was riding with three friends, one in the same seat and two directly behind her. Another is that her seatbelt malfunctioned and that King fell from the car, striking the ground about 35 feet below the track. The paramedic at the scene said it appeared that the girl had suffered a broken neck. The medical restraining bar was still locked when the car returned from the fatal ride. Now, that was what I was told growing up is that the seatbelt had malfunctioned. She hadn't been trying to stand up or anything, but that her seatbelt had malfunctioned and that she had fallen out of the ride because of that. But then it's also confusing because it says that the medical, the restraining bar was still locked when the car returned. Um... But then if you go ahead and you look back on Ernest Howe, he fell from the second highest hill of the ride. And I'm pretty sure that Kylie King also fell from one of the highest hills as well. So, it's a little suspicious if it was a seatbelt malfunction, but the mechanical restraining bar was still locked when the car returned. I don't know. That's a little suspicious to me. Okay, so this next little thing kind of Kind of bugged me a little bit. According to a June twenty ninth story in the Deseret News, the Farmington police detective who investigated the incident from the death of the teenage girl said it was a fluke combination of her physique, actions, and the law of physics. King was a slim, five foot three girl, tall, who weighed about seventy one pounds. In effect, it was a quirk of physics combined with what the girl did, and her height and weight. Now, if you break it down logically, Yes, it w- it would make sense that things would happen, but just the way it says the the flute combination with physique and physics, it just, it kind of irks me a little bit. I don't know. It just, there's something about that that really irks me about that, the way that it's stated. Her friends were right behind her and one of them was next to her. When this happened? So they're going to have a better idea of what happened and I'm assuming that they were the ones, they're the witnesses who told the story. And, you know, obviously, obviously when like stories get told on and on and on and on, things get changed. But um, my mom was more of a direct source. So there's just, there's a couple different statements that have been stated here. And it's just interesting how they're kind of different. They're just basically two completely different statements. I also read that the entire time that Lagoon's been open and running that there have been 16 total deaths at Lagoon. And that's including like incidents not involving any of the rides such as like heart attacks and things like that. And nearly half of those were caused by the patron's own negligence of recklessness, and you do have to be safe and follow every rule and instruction they give you. I was at Six Flags a couple years ago and I ended up getting a concussion while I was there. I think it was my second or third concussion. I don't know. I've been concussed several times in my life now, but when I was there, I was on the ride. I believe it was called X2, and it's one where the seats swing while you're on the ride, and I was on the very end at the right. There is a part of the ride where it kind of swings you down, and then, like, you just quickly swing back up, and when we swung down, my head swung forward, and then when we swung back up, my head swung up and just smacked the back of the seat and I got a horrible concussion because of it. I was having seizures after that. I was so sick. It was, it was really bad. Everyone was like, okay, well, you should sue them. I looked into it and I tried, but I looked into the terms and agreement that you sign and it says in the terms and agreement, you have to keep your head back on the rides to avoid head injuries. And so, there, that was, that was it right there. I couldn't see them or anything like that. You do have the right operators there telling you exactly what you're supposed to do. The ones at Six Flags though, you can kind of tell that they're just high schoolers that are just kind of there for the money and they don't really care about their job. I couldn't even understand anything that they were saying over the little walkie-talkies anyways, but always read the signs around you, listen to what the right operators are saying because they are there to keep you safe. They're there for a reason. Another death that happened in the same year, 1989, was the tragedy of Ryan Beckstead on Puff the Little Fire Dragon. And, ugh, Puff the Little Fire Dragon, even just the name breaks my heart saying it. It opened April 27th of 1985, and it had a max speed of 16 miles per hour and a max height of 11 feet. The ride duration was approximately 50 seconds, so not really a lot to the ride. It was really a ride for kids. Ryan was just six years old when he passed away on what I believe was May 7th, 1989. I couldn't find an exact date, but um, according to, like, news articles and what I could find, I believe that was the date that it was. One statement read that apparently Ryan worked free from two locked restraining devices and then stood up as the ride was leaving the station. He fell out of the car and was climbing back up onto the tracks when the ride returning to the station struck him. Dick Andrew, the marketing and public relations director stated that it's a children's ride, a type of roller coaster, and he also said it it travels at a high speed and it's not a turbulent ride by any means. The track isn't long and it comes back into the station pretty quickly. This all happened very fast. Another statement said that the young boy thought the ride was over and attempted to get out. The train had gone past the usual stopping point, putting some cars beyond the unloading area, and the operator asked if everyone wanted to ride again. The operator started the ride and the boy tried to get back into his seat, but fell down below the track as they went back up the incline. He was struck by the front of the train as he attempted to climb back up through the track. In this first statement, it says that his parents were not around during the ride. However, in the second statement, it said that eyewitness accounts said that Ryan's father tried to save his son. I mean, obviously, this entire thing is just breaking my heart, but this next part really just tore at my heartstrings. The ride operator at the time was 18 years old, she was a female, and it was her first summer working at Lagoon, and it was her first weekend on the job. Parents were nearby, screaming at the operator to stop the ride, and the operator tried to put on the brakes, but it was too late. She was on the phone screaming, I killed a little boy, and collapsed to the ground. I couldn't find if it was 911 that she dialed, but I'm assuming it was that, or either that she called someone else at Lagoon to management. Ryan's mother then started saying, quote, you killed my baby, oh god, my little boy. Just thinking of going to an amusement park for a fun day out and then the next thing you know, you're on the phone with 911 screaming out for your little boy is just agonizing and heartbreaking. Like, I'm not a mom. I don't have kids, um, but I absolutely adore kids. I love kids. I I can't wait to be a mom one day And I just, I cannot even imagine the pain that the parents must have felt. And I cannot even imagine the guilt that the operator must have felt. No criminal charges were filed on the operator or on Lagoon. The ride was tested and everything seemed to be in working order. Ryan just wanted to get off the ride when the worst possible thing could happen, happened. I feel like I need a little breather after that one. Um... I guess I'll tell you a little story about other rides at Lagoon, I guess. My favorite ride from Lagoon when I was growing up was this little haunted house ride that you go on. It was super small. It's kind of like, I guess, the version of Disney's Haunted Mansion in a way. Um, You got in this little cart and you drove. It was basically like you kind of just rode through this little haunted house kind of thing and I loved it and that was, I guess the early signs of me loving horror movies and all those kind of things because I I love horror movies and the horror genre and everything like that. But it was always so fun and I always had to convince all my friends to go on it with me. But it was always super fun. And I know that Lagoon has, um I think it's I wanna say it's called like Frightmares or something in October or something. I'm not really sure what it's called. I've never been actually. Um but I really need to go at some point. But again Amusement park prices have gone up dramatically, so do I really wanna spend the money? I don't know. (laughs) Lagoon's Ferris wheel also. In all of the seats, you can spin the seats as you're going on the Ferris wheel. I remember hating that as a kid because anyone I would ever go on the Ferris wheel with would always spin it when I just wanted to sit and enjoy the ride. I would always remember looking at all the couples on the Ferris wheel and thinking, man, I want that. Even when I was like 10 years old, I have I guess I've always been a hopeless romantic. But I don't know. I guess there's something about Ferris wheels that are just like so romantic to me. I don't know what it is. Now, we're going to go a little bit back into more of what I was talking about. The most recent Death at Lagoon was on Saturday, August 14th, 2021. Now, this particular ride is called the Skyride. It's basically like a mini ski lift you could ride that goes across the park. Now, there's still not a lot of information about 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 but mm, okay i just i'm not american anymore i guess (laughs) there's still not much information there's still not a ton of information about this case because it is still recent that this happened um but it was reported that dispatch received multiple 911 calls this saturday evening about a man falling from the sky ride Someone who was riding across from him filmed him hanging and said that at first she thought he was some kind of stuntman or gymnast. The man hung there still and calm and didn't put any effort to get back up into the seat. He ended up falling 50 feet, and he was flown to the University of Utah hospital in critical condition and died from his injuries. It was stated that they believed this was not intentional. Now when this did happen, I was looking at the news articles and everything when it happened, and the video of what had happened was all over the place. And it doesn't actually show the man falling. Um, Thank goodness it does not. It just shows him hanging there. And it's, it was, it was horrifying, honestly. I, I don't know why I watched it back then. I, with what this world is and who we are, I guess we're gonna watch anything like that nowadays. But the man was hanging there and he wasn't, he wasn't struggling. He wasn't anxious. He wasn't trying to get back up onto the seat he didn't even like it didn't seem that he feared for his life he was just still and calm it was it was just it was so eerie i can't imagine what it was like for the people around them to watch that happen i can't imagine the pain that the family went through when it's still going through from his death the family wants to keep the man's identity private which is absolutely understandable um I just hope that they are able to feel at more comfort and at peace now. All of these accidents that I've talked about were so unfortunate and and everyone's life was taken way too soon and they deserve to have so much more time on this earth. It's so tragic the way things happened. I think listening to true crime, my my state of self-awareness has increased. Um, my safety has increased. I think always... You know, whenever I'm out in public being aware of the people around me, um, whenever, even even if I'm not around people, you know, even if I'm in my car or something making, making sure my car is working okay or the things I'm working with are working properly, you know, you always want to make sure that you are safe because your safety matters. You matter. You deserve the world. You deserve the absolute best you deserve to live, the best life you possibly can. If you ever plan on going to an amusement park soon, be safe, look at the signs, listen to the operators, because I want you to be safe, your friends and family want you to be safe, and I want you to have a good time, but I also want you to be able to go home at the end of the day to your family and your friends. And if you have like a cute pet or something, I want you to be able to go home to them too, you know, because that's kind of a must. I've got a really cute cat and... She's with my parents right now and she's at my parents' house because I can't have her where I'm living right now, but she's literally the cutest thing and I want to make sure I come home to her every week when I visit my parents. So, you know, you got to come home to them. They're going to miss you. That's all I'm going to be talking about for Lagoon Amusement Park this is going to be a bit of a shorter episode. I'm still trying to figure out everything I want this podcast to be, so I'm still trying to get the hang of things, so bear with me. The next episode is going to be some dating stories. They might include some scary, awkward, embarrassing, maybe funny stories. I I don't even know. We'll see who... We'll, we'll see. They might be some of my stories, some of my friends' stories. Maybe there'll be some random ones I find online. But if you have any random dating stories you'd like to send in, you can send them to call me when you get their podcast at gmail.com and it might be in the next episode. Also, I did get the idea of having people send in stories from my all-time favorite podcast in the world, Morbid. So, I do have to give credit to them. If they for some random reason were to ever hear this podcast, um and they don't like me taking that idea, they can let me know and I will stop because I would do anything for them. All the sources I used for this episode will be linked in the description, so if you want to check any of those out, you can. Be sure to check out the Instagram page at callmewhenyougetthere.pod for updates on future episodes. Also, if you are a fan of The Walking Dead or The Last of Us, be sure to check out my friend Zachary Ballard's podcast, Feed Don't Eat Your Brain. Anyways, have a wonderful day and I'll catch you later!